everybody, it's the Mankind Podcast. Kind men, listen to this podcast. The revolution of masculinity with your host, Scoop Magruder! Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Scoop. Thanks for tuning in. We got a lot of shit to shoot. Today's guest is a very dear friend. We're going to talk a little while to it through the lens of masculinity. What is that? Hey, I don't even know, but it's time for you and me to get real with it. Yeah, it's time for the show. Hey, folks, thank you so much for joining us with the Mankind Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot Magruder. With me, as always, is Mike, Mike 1 and Mike 2. But today we got a phone-in call because the COVID-19 pandemic is keeping us all locked in our rooms. Um, Luckily, however, I had the wonderful opportunity to talk to a dear friend of mine. His name is Skylar Hughes, and he and I met... um, on the ice, as they say, in the restaurant industry at uh, Rosso Blue, uh, which has been um, my uh, gainful employer for the past two years, except for, uh, you know, right now, because I'm not working. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I want to let you know a little bit about Skyler. Skyler Hughes is an American-born painter and musician living and working in Los Angeles, California. He earned his BFA from the Hartford Art School in Connecticut in 2009 and now focuses primarily on painting and collage. His first major solo exhibition, One Big Gust of Wind, was held at the New Britain Museum of American Art in Connecticut in 2013. Schuyler has since participated in solo and group shows in Connecticut, New York, and California and has work in numerous public and private collections. Warm into the day, the artist's second solo exhibition with The Lodge was held in the summer of 2019 in conjunction with the publication of the artist's first printed book of collages, Book of Shapes. Furthermore, Skyler is an accomplished musician, and his 11-song album, Moon Eyes, can be found on Bandcamp.com. When not in his Highland Park-based studio, Skyler can either be found on the waves at Topanga Beach or guiding a guest towards that perfect bottle of Piemonte as the head sommelier at Rosso Blue Restaurant in downtown Los Angeles. Skyler and I are going to get into it, and we have a, be- a beautiful conversation. He really is a thoughtful and wonderful, caring person. But I do want to just kind of remind you, my dear listener, what the purpose is with the Mankind Podcast. Basically, it's my hope to create a safe space where men and women can explore healthy masculinity. My goal is to demystify toxic masculinity and engage in conversations with friends, relatives, mentors, and professionals in their respective fields and gain an insight first into their work and how their work is kind of a manifestation of their identity and then discuss life through the lens of masculinity. And I think that's what Skylar and I do beautifully here. He has some really thoughtful insights on the creative process and on masculinity and femininity. Before we get to Skyler, I want to let you know about Spitz, Mediterranean street food. It is not only our sponsor, but it is a fantastic outfit. There's 10 locations in the States, four in, uh, where are we talking? Four in Los Angeles. There's four in Utah. There's one in Portland. There's one in Minneapolis. And they've got um, donor-style kebab, shaved meat, falafel, um, fresh salads. All of their food is fresh Uh, locally sourced, and right now during the pandemic, they, if you go online, also have what's known as the general store. They've got toilet paper. They've got needs that you might have, um, you know, uh, pasta, um, paper towels, masks, latex gloves. They're really looking out for their community, and I do recommend going to their website, spitzrestaurant.com, and uh, checking out what they got. 
So, folks, without further ado, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on the ninth episode of the Mankind Podcast, Skylar Hughes. Oh, hey. hello. Hey. Well, you're at the beach. I'm at the beach. <laughs> yeah, that's a much better reception. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, it's kind of a drag, but, you know, that's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, this, um, is, a, this is a tapestry I have behind me, something that Summer had at her house, and then i cool. It just was a perfect thing right here. Uh-oh. Maybe I need to find the right positioning. <laughs> That's okay. That's all the... Shit. I mean, um, but can you hear me even if I can't see you? I can hear you perfectly, yeah. Yeah, this is much okay. better audio. Okay, good. All right, well, then this, this should work. Um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Where were we? Yeah, you were talking. So, I mean, what, one of the things that I found in the interviews that I've done is that I like to kind of get a little bit about the work that you've that you've done because I think work is one of the most unifying things, at least in American culture, how people mm-hmm. express themselves through work. And so I'm curious to hear you talk about, you were mentioning how um, it's a rich world out there. There's a lot to take in. Um so maybe I don't know. Could you talk about how, um, how did you get into painting? How did you get into music? Why are you an artist as opposed to uh, a bricklayer? Um, I think aren't those one and the same? Maybe the bricklayer and the artist just add in another, building up the thing. Um, I don't know. I think you know. I uh, I came or I come from a place that's very kind of like creatively supportive both of my parents are artists my mother was an art teacher for like you know longer than I've been alive and my father is a painter and my I have two brothers both of them are kind of creative and I think that that was maybe just um fostered and really encouraged since I was younger and um you know I think that kind of like can be a product of some of those influences and that's some of that creative stuff kind of um it it comes easy you know like it seems natural and it kind of like flows out and mm-hmm. um you know i think as like a young adult kind of just choosing to go with that because it felt like the right thing to do and you know i think um are your brothers also artists of some sort yeah totally um And, you know, I think that those things kind of like morph and change as to like, uh, like how prominent it is in their life. Um, But for me, at least, I think, I think kind of like my artistic output is, you know, I'm a visual artist, but I also do some music. And I think that also some of the work, um, like working in a restaurant and doing wine things and all that stuff is all like kind of an extension of the creative um thing but uh yeah i think it's just one of those things that you just do because it feels like the right thing to do kind of like comes naturally and um yeah i think that's where it comes from you know the color on your Bandcamp page for moon eyes is this beautiful what i think is like a desert sandy um red rock um, it makes yeah. me think of Southern Utah 
And w- my initial um, impression of your work, of your of your, there are there's a pastel softness to it, um, which never feels like it's blaring at you, like it's hey look at me, look at me. It's like inviting in a way. And if I were to you know say like sixty percent masculinity, forty percent femininity, I would say that your work has more of a feminine feel to it. It feels mm-hmm. softer and and in a way more elegant um mm. do you feel i mean is, does that resonate with you do, is that a conscious choice or w- how does that even phrase that i just said sit with you yeah i mean i think um me as a person i'm kind of like maybe a quieter kind of person a little bit more subdued at least um outwardly mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, the, the like color palette stuff for me is very much kind of like intuitive and, um, yeah, I think that, um, I I think maybe, you know, thinking about this kind of like, I I wrote down some notes about some of the questions that you're maybe going to ask and Mm -hmm. I kind of like, paired some things down to like the creative process I think is always, I mean, I think everything is both of these things, you know, like everybody embodies all of these qualities, both qualities. And um, it's interesting to hear like 60%, 40%, because honestly, when I, when I work, um, when I'm painting, I think the, the best place for me to be mm. while I'm working is, not being very um it's it's way more about being intuitive and being kind of like removed from the physical act of what i'm doing because then i start to think about it a little bit too much and the kind of like the flow of whatever is happening within me that's trying to transfer itself onto the page or the canvas or whatever i think something gets kind of like inhibited there so i try to not go there and then when i step back and look it's a different thing um but um yeah i think that kind of the uh i I don't really i don't have the intention of of being like oh i want these to be kind of like elegant pastel colors or um it's kind of just like the thing that happens and i go with it and i think that you know making a body of work for a show like a painting show Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's work that's over the course of a good amount of time, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you ha- have the time, I think, um, you know, and when you are kind of like ha- in progress for an, a rather extended period of time, mm-hmm. like working on, you know, I work small, but I, I work kind of like constantly and daily and I have parts of the day that I like to work on certain things because of like the way that the light is or mm-hmm. the way that I feel or, you know, like I like to mix paint while drinking coffee and then, you know, whatever. Um, and I think that all those things kind of like come together in the end in a way that is kind of like a culmination of all those different um, oh, cool. moments and, and periods. Cause I think for me, kind of like one aspect of the creative thing and like making stuff is, Oh, that was me then. And like, this is like a little snapshot of like mm-hmm. what I was thinking about or going through or stuck in. And um, yeah, I think that it, it kind of like 
brings me to a place or allows me to be in a place where I can kind of like reflect, but from a kind of like satisfied and therefore maybe like, I, f- I feel good if that's the kind of work that I'm doing. I, I feel satisfaction in a way that I don't in other ways, um, mm-hmm. in other kinds of work. Um, and I think that just like puts me in a better place. Hmm. So, so you kind of try to remove yourself to let like the, you, to be a conduit, it sounds like for universe to flow through you and it just, you allow it to reveal itself on the canvas or the page. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, uh, art making, if it gets it, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily want to say like, I, I let the things flow through <laughs> me because uh, that's not really what I'm going for or like want to be perceived as. But mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, you need to have art making is like a series of decisions and it's a, it's reacting to things that happen. So mm-hmm. something happens and then you can go with that. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't like wait for the like inspiration to come mm-hmm. sometimes. Uh, sometimes I do, but like, if I'm, if I'm like, in a like a working mode like if i'm working towards a show or like i have some recording equipment set up and like i can't access my like desk because i have like stuff on it Mm -hmm. then you know it's it's about having the thing be there and available to you when you're like feeling good and and wanting to do that Um, but it's also about like throwing something at it like literally with painting i will like I do this thing where I kind of like um, drum. I, I like hit a brush on another brush and some paint flies and then something looks different and then I can do something with that. And then what, whatever that thing is has an equal next response to it. And I don't know, it's interesting. And, and I like the idea of chance in all kinds of work because I think it's, you know, um, inevitable and it offers something outside of the self. And I think that's kind of like important when, um, you know, making things becomes, it can become very like too much of the person and uh, limited by that. So I, I like to use chance in different kinds of ways in order to. That's a really cool thing. I mean, that idea of being open to chance, but it also sounds like the drumming of the paint sticks that you almost have a kind of, it's not scientific, but there's like a method behind it, but then you totally. you, you allow it to become kind of what it is. That feels like something that you, uh, I'm, you see, what I ultimately like to get to is kind of like your childhood and upbringing and the, the people that were around you, because that sounds like a skill that is encouraged you know, it's like, you know, if if during art class, let's say in third grade art, and I have a vivid memory of this because, you know, because I love to draw and I would, you know, maybe go outside the lines or whatever. And the teacher would say, no, 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 Scooter, you have to draw inside the lines. <laughs> and then maybe you had a teacher or someone that was saying, oh, Skylar, interesting. You're doing it that way. Good. Did you did you have an upbringing that was conducive to that or how did you learn to say yes to that chance? Um, I think it's kind of like all things. It's, it's a long, you know, like we're learning these things. I think I, 
Um, you know, I think that at least for art making, there are like a handful of artists that really push things forward to me or was like, you know, when you, you know, when you experience something like maybe for you, it's, it's, um, like seeing a play or, you know, reading a screenplay or whatever it is Mm -hmm. where you're like, Oh yeah. Like I needed to hear that because that really connects with me and, that makes sense to me. I think that that's kind of, you know, there's, there are people like that for me. I don't know if there was maybe like an instance that um, I think that there was a lot of kind of like pushing and, uh, and allowing. And, you know, I think it's all about kind of like messing up, you know, mm-hmm. so that you can at least try, you got to try something and then, and then go from there. And I think, yeah, I, I was lucky enough to have a bunch of people in my life who were encouraging me to fuck it up. Yeah. What's been the crowning moment of your, or the moment that you're most proud of, um, as far as from an artistic standpoint? And maybe I'm like gearing you towards saying like a, an accolade or something where you feel recognized for your art. Um. Uh, I don't know. I think that, um, it's always, uh, I mean, like I've had a few kind of like major, um, uh, major is not the right word, but, um, you know, kind of like a solo art show in a gallery in a city or something like that, which is the thing that like, you know, you're in art school, you're like, Oh, I want to move to a city and have like a one person show or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think that, um, opportunity to be able to connect with people and kind of uh, a thing that I um, had a really enjoyable experience with was kind of just being available to be in that space with all of this work and kind of like talk candidly with people like yourself included. And, um, you know, I think that 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 kind of relationship to the work to be able to kind of think about it and uh, look at it in a different way. Uh, Because I think you spend so much time imagining or thinking about what the next thing is for the work Mm. that it, um, it takes some time to kind of like, meld into what it actually is i mm-hmm. think sp- spend a lot of time thinking about what it will be um and then that kind of like provides an opportunity for it to be um and i think for kind of creative people it's like you're always on to the next thing mm-hmm. you take breaks and for me i i you know i think kind of in retrospect thinking about the things that i've been interested in uh it kind of shifts from one thing to another. I think that I'm still creative in certain ways, thinking about certain ideas, but maybe through a different avenue. Uh, and during that time, stuff can. Sky, you there? We lost you, but. Oh, really? It's the last. Good. It was great stuff. Missing great stuff. It was some great stuff, but but it sounds like that that's that's an interesting point. From what I think I'm getting is that like the ability to live, to be in that moment once the work itself has been completed to then be there 
and with other actors maybe discuss what it is or th- or think about and live in the and live in the moment of what it is rather than thinking about what it will yeah. be. Yeah. I think maybe there's also a potentially very selfish thing to hear about like what it could be for others. Um, And I don't, yeah, I don't think it's like maybe that normal of a thing to kind of put yourself in that position very outwardly and and to open it up that way. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I think just kind of the opportunity to be able to share is kind of like the big thing and um, to be able to, to have kind of like an avenue or a venue to do so is, is, you know, I think being asked to to do something is maybe the, the crowning edge. Right. It's fun to share. Well, let's, let's, let's get into masculinity. What comes to your mind when you hear the word masculinity? Um, I think, uh, yeah, like action and thought and like construction, hmm. the doing of, of things. But I do think, you know, I, I think um, these things kind of must be taken with, with the opposite. I think it's very difficult not to... Like, you know, when I think of masculinity, I also kind of must think about femininity. Mm. And it seems like there's a lot of comparison, you know, like the feminine intuition is carried out or expressed through the masculine action or the, I don't know, the kind of like feeling, the feminine feeling in the male thought or the masculine thought process. I think that there, there are things that um, move through the kind of like interpretation of the like rich world that's out there that we're like influenced by some kind of coming together. And then maybe it transfers the energy to maybe more of a masculine energy to, to, to put the thing out there. Interesting. So, uh, it, but at least when you think of masculinity, at least it, it sounds like you got to think of femininity or its counterpart. One doesn't exist without the other. Yeah, I think so. And, and I think, um, you know, every, at least for me, kind of like growing up and being like a kid watching TV and movies and, and being into, you know, like, watching G.I. Joe because my older brother was into it or whatever, you know, uh, it's kind of like you're put into or you're like, yeah, introduced to a world that is kind of informing things that are like old and useless kind of like archetypes of like what men and women are supposed to be. Um, And I think that, you know, it becomes, it kind of like seems like a process of unlearning those things um, in a way. Because, you know, like I was, I don't know, like I like to watch the stuff that like the the boys watched or whatever, you know, like boys wore blue and girls had long hair and 
you know, girls watched. I, I don't know. I was a guy, so I don't, I don't really know what the girls watched. Right. Did you ever, so when you think of the phrase, be a man, did you ever have, like, uh, something in your life that came at you and said, Skylar, you're not a man enough. You got to man up. Um, I don't know. I, I was thinking about that. I feel like maybe my, I had more of like a suck it up kind of thing. Like it didn't, it, um, you know, it was like, you gotta, you gotta deal with this thing. And I think a lot of that for me is like a memory of, you know, falling off my bike and like not being able to clean up my cut with the hydrogen peroxide. And so like my dad does, and he's just like, you gotta suck this up. It's like, <laughs> it's gonna hurt more later if you don't do this now. And I think, you know, you kind of gotta like take it. But I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't like the idea of that being like, you gotta take it like a man. Cause what, like a man is, is tough, but he's also like, you know, what, what is being tough if, you know, it's, it's guarding something else that is soft or something or we're able to feel the pain. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, I think that's part of the revolution is like um, being able to be toughness is withstanding vulnerability. Um, yeah. You know, being open to criticism or, or, um, something uh something like that you know i just i've noticed that in the conversations that i've had thus far that i'm noticing two things um one is that sometimes some of my guests don't actually think about masculinity it's not necessarily something that crosses their mind um the the other is that is that i as a host could do a better job of like relating or d divulging more of myself um and so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna try to play yeah. balance both acts as we do this but like um do you even think about masculinity is masculinity something that even crosses you crosses your mind do you even desire to evolve in your masculinity is that even necessary um I think, you know, I, I mentioned before about like uh, unlearning things, yeah. you know, I think that that's like a major kind of like therapeutic thing where it's like you have these things that are kind of like built into you that maybe don't do anything good for you. They don't serve you in a way or um, I don't know. I kind of don't like the idea of serving you because it's very selfish, but um I think that a lot of my like adult life has been about kind of softening to things. It's been more about the feminine side of things um, because yeah, I think it's, it's the thing that requires maybe more work for me as a, as a male identifying person. Um, this guy, we lost you. Oh, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm not quite sure. Do I, do I need to be more masculine? Was that, 
was that who knows yeah i guess i think that was something that came up for me as um as a boy either consciously or subconsciously i grew up as kind of a fat kid and you know i had like i had boobies i i have a distinct memory of being on a vacation with my family and we went to like this large natural lake uh <laughs> as most lakes are but it was like this <laughs> it, it was really cool because it had like diving boards and slides but it was all man-made or naturally made not man-made um and there were these uh you know it, we were in germany these boys were like making fun of me and it was really it hurt my feelings and i realized that i had to at that point from then on i started like doing push-ups and i started like i actually wore like a an elastic belt like a like a baseball player would wear i don't know if you ever played baseball and we had like a uniform and the belt was kind of elastic and i would wrap it around my my boobs so that they wouldn't perk out so much and for me there was like this distinct feeling like i needed to i needed to be more of a man i needed to get rid of the the Mm. baby fat or whatever um and so, but and then maybe I went off too far in that direction where I was like so manly that I was um, ensconced in my view, and I didn't really see like privilege. I didn't really recognize what it meant to be a white man. And I've had some experiences in the past few years where it's like, oh, I see. Even by virtue of the very fact that I walk, that I have white skin, that I am a man, that my presence has a direct relate. Uh, an effect on people and um yeah absolutely absolutely you know so but at the same time i don't want that to limit my ability to be um who i am uh either not boisterous uh, or, or or humorous but um you know uh to drink a, a beer and cackle with the guys and 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 laugh or or um maybe not feel like i have to be so careful all the time and i think that that's what this podcast is an is an outgrowth of is mm. saying do you experience this too what do we need to do yeah 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 i mean i think that there's uh you know we are we live in a in a time where a lot of this stuff is, is, and has been, you know, uh, recognized as like, you know, the, the white male people have, have dominated the way that things are and have used their ability of, to like continue that, to further that. And, um, you know, I, I think that there's maybe, uh, a responsibility as a white male to kind of display that it doesn't have to be that way hmm. and that there are, you know, we're just, we're people and I, you know, can't take responsibility for things that people who are, you know, might look like me, but I have no relation to or right. don't understand or don't agree with, you know, um, you know, I think it's a, it's in a, you know, in a different kind of way, it, it kind of, or in the same kind of way, but opposite, it's, it's just, 
it makes things really small and limit and limits things. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I think um, it's kind of like an opportunity or a duty or something like that to just be like a, a good person in the world. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. What, what kind of advice would you give to the young man growing up um, in this or maybe your younger self or, or the, the, the person who's coming up behind you? Um, what, what's important for a man to know and to behave uh, in the next you know, generation? Uh, I think that's a good question. Um, yeah, I think you're going to have to do a lot of editing on this uh, podcast episode here. Baby, we're just going all the way from the phone call to the end. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. This, this is, is not going to look good for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think people have to know that they can, you know, make mistakes and to grow from those mistakes, not let them become like a a thing to, to allow the mistake to set people free. And that, you know, also like becoming a man also means becoming a woman. Maybe I I think, um, I think that my like adult life has been very focused on kind of like, the very simple idea of balance. Um, and that's like, you know, creative life and work life and relationship things. And um, I think you, there's kind of, um, maybe an, an idea of everybody kind of like has the ability and capability to be, any way that they want to be. And it's kind of like a, one's responsibility to take the pieces from different parts and make them into the one kind of good or best thing. And, you know, that the the tendencies and, you know, sometimes you just mess it up and it doesn't go the right way. And, um and that's okay. That's okay. There's people. Can yeah, make I think it. Th- thing has got to be. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> what's what's like? What's the biggest? What's the biggest mistake you've made? Ooh. And what did you learn from it? I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that question is. Um, we'll have to come back to that one. I just okay. don't know. Yeah. Why? What's the biggest mistake you have made? I've. I mean, I've made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Um, I think for me, like I have struggled a lot with uh, pot, with smoking pot. Um, mm. You know, there's a quote in Romeo and Juliet, and the friar tells, I think, Romeo, I'm paraphrasing, he says something to the effect of, there is nothing so bad on this earth that there cannot be some good from it. 
neither is there everything so good that there cannot be some bad. And I think that pot for me falls right into that category mm. where a little bit and, and maybe it's okay um, for whatever reason. It calms you down. It inspires creativity, whatever. But I get in the tendency to uh, smoke too much. And then um, I realize that it, it like a ship, uh, if a ship is set off course by two degrees, it's minuscule. It's a very small amount initially, but then ultimately it becomes a lot. Mm. And I find that it's just enough to set me off from whether it was like a career goal or a personal goal or a psychological, psycho-spiritual goal. And I am so goal-oriented, but but I've found that that at least is the most consistent mistake I can point to and say, you got to be careful, Scoot. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and how does that reflect itself in masculinity? Um, I think, honestly, for me, that's, it, it, that's like uh, self-accountability. It's how do I want to be and behave? How do I want to enter the world? And sometimes that is enough for me to get deterred enough that I'm like, ah, damn it, Scoot. You didn't, you didn't abide by a, a credo or something that you set for yourself. And right. that is, to me, not being a man. It's like you say mm. something and you're going to stick to it. Um, and so that's, that's a battle that has yeah. replayed itself in my life at least. I think, you know, like I, I can appreciate that. I also think that kind of part of the – part of the thing about life is that like nothing really stays the same and everything is kind of like moving and, and flowing and you, um, you know, you have to change. So I think, I think changing your mind is okay. So long as you're not like, um, it's not going against like a, a moral principle or something. Um, but you know, I think that kind of like goes with the mistake thing. Maybe it's, um, uh yeah I, I think you gotta be you gotta stay in tune with the like authentic thought now and mm. you have to be able to give yourself the room to to you know be able to to move with that yeah but yeah what what are maybe you, maybe yeah. I would tell the younger self to uh hurry up jeez <laughs> what is that what do you mean by that <laughs> i think that there's you know a, a lot of delaying that goes on in in a lifetime and i think that there's a lot of things to put that on but you know i think you know, like look at all these other people in the world throughout history who have made and done great things and it's you know you that you have the same 24 hours in a day or whatever, you know, and everything is particular and um, different to every person. But I think, you know, there's certainly the opportunity and ability to do these things, hmm. um, but it takes action to do them. Get on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That reminds me, do you know the musician Ellis Paul? No. He's got a song called The World Ain't Slowing Down. And your mm. phrase, hurry up. It's like there's 
there's a lot that can be done in a day. So like, get to it. You're that reminds yeah. me of that song. Yeah. I mean, I think it also takes, I, I think maybe creatively, um, it takes so long to be able to find the voice that feels authentic. And I think you also have to be understanding of kind of like the fact that that, that voice also will change, mm. but to get to a place where like, um, it feels like you, you know, like you got the clothes in your closet and you're like, Oh yeah, those are my clothes. Mm. Um, uh, I think that <laughs> it, it takes, you know, you have to, at, at, on the one hand, you got to go out and do it. But on the other hand, you have to be patient to know what the right thing to do is. So mm. I don't know. What are you supposed to tell like a, a young person? I don't know. I was a coach, a tennis coach for th- the boys high school team of Park City, Utah. And, and at that point, that was the thing that really made me grow up where I was like, I have, mm. you know, 30 boys who I got to who it's not just about tennis. Tennis is the vehicle, but right. that was a moment where I was like, you know, what, what, what am I supposed to tell these young boys? Um, and then, it, you know, so what are I, you know, what are we supposed to tell them? I, I, I think that's a fair phrase, you know? Um, or what, Cause I yeah. also think like, uh, it's, you know, maybe it's a masculine trait to be, um, to reject things, to rebel against mm. things that are told to you um, because you have to learn them for yourself, you know? And, you know, I think that if, if me now told me then I wouldn't listen anyway, I'd be like, <laughs> who, who the fuck are you? I gotta, I gotta figure that out myself. <laughs> uh, I'm like watching you on FaceTime. I see another Skyler pop up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Sky, let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna wrap us up. I'm gonna give you a uh, rapid fire. Uh-oh. So I'd like you to say the first word that comes to mind when I say, you know, the word I'm about to say. Just remember, my problem is being slow. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh boy. I didn't know that that was the truth. Is that the case? No, I just mean I, I'm maybe I consider things and I I find the uh, interview process a little stressful, but you know that's just me. Well, this will be over in about three minutes. You ready? Oh yeah, man. Lee. Woman. Um. Ooh. Mother. Masculine. Beer. Feminine. Water. Strength. Excuse me? Strength. Resilience. Weakness. Growth. Leader. Quiet. Oh. Success. Satisfaction. (laughs) 
I get to see you <laughs> on FaceTime. No, not everybody else does. It's a fucking treat. Health. Ooh, take it seriously. Cool. Sex. Value. And love. Cool. Lastly, you. Me. Yeah. Ooh. Just, just trying my best. I love that. I think you're doing pretty well there, Skylar Hughes. Are you sure there's not going to be any editing here? I'll look back. I'll, I might edit, you know, maybe the FaceTime glitch that we had. But the truth is, I think that even the the navigation of the conversation, taking a look at from an outside point of view in itself is a manifestation of the masculine experience. Two guys talking to each other. So even that has its own merit, however many glitches there are. Um, so, um, as we, as we come to a close, do you have anything, anything else you'd like to say? Um, no, I think, yeah, ponder these things over a while. I mean, I think you and I could, we could talk about this for days. I think the human humanity could talk about this stuff for a while but i don't want to you know the people that are listening to this have to get to their ozark or whatever it is they're doing (laughs) yeah it's true it's true yeah i can't wait to see you again yeah thanks for asking to talk for sure thanks for yeah thanks for giving it giving it to me yeah okay i'll see you soon hope to talk to you yes okay bye-bye bye skylar hughes coming at you with a with a heart full of love i don't even know how to describe it what a guy if you don't know skylar hughes you're missing out he's he has beautiful artwork his music is beautiful it, what he gives back to the world is really beautiful and i i ask you to look at his stuff online listen to his music and uh thanks for listening to the mankind podcast with skylar hughes i'm scoot mcgruder Asking you kindly to be nice to each other. Don't go quietly into the night.